Welcome to the Sunday Sermons Podcast. It was recorded on a Sunday morning at Morrison Hill Christian Church in Kingston, Tennessee. Our prayer is that the truths and strategies presented in this message will equip you to become a more fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening. Good morning. Once again, welcome to Morrison Hill Christian Church. We're so thankful to have every single one of you here this morning. And we really do believe uh, that it's a wise choice to get here. Wise choices in scripture are far more than just a, a profound idea. They're the best possible choices in any given circumstance. And there's other good things you could do on a Sunday morning. But if you choose to make time, make it a priority to worship God, to learn more about him, to build relationship with other believers, we believe that's the best possible choice you can make on a Sunday morning. I'm, I'm thankful I had relations for being such wise people. Good job. This morning, I, I'm, I'm thankful I have a wise wife who also has a good sense of humor. I already had this thing all locked up and in the bag and sent to the booth up there and stuff. And then last night, Kim has been taking care of her elderly grandmother. She's about to turn 103. So when her parents are out of town, she goes to take care of her. And she texted me this meme last night. And she goes, this is so funny. And it also is kind of profound. It might, have, it might actually, you could use it in a sermon. And I was like, that's perfect for tomorrow. So I'm like, Noah, can we get this so we can put it on the screen? Let me give you a little context. We're going to show you this little video, and then we're going to keep going. This, what's happening in here is these parents, they have this little daughter, and she asked for apples. And they said, we don't have any apples. And they're telling her the truth, but she sees an onion, and she goes, that's an apple. I want it. And they're like, that's not an apple. She goes, I want it. And so finally, they just let her have it. And this is the perfect illustration of what happens is when God tells us no about something and we think we're missing out, this is us. Watch this. It's too true to almost not be funny. That's just nuts. Um, Jesus said in John 10, 10, that the enemy comes to steal and kill and destroy, but he came to give us life, life to the full. And so many times we trade that life to the full for something that's actually going to steal or kill and destroy, but we're just as defiant as that. We just keep on eating the onion, just looking him right in the eye. How, you know what I'm talking about, right? And it's so sad. And, and that thing that we're so afraid of missing out on is actually the thing that's making us miss out. Missing out is one of the things that affects most of our choices, actually. And it's not always a bad thing. Like all fears, it's not entirely bad. Fear of missing out is one of the things that drives us to accomplish certain milestones in life. It's why 
uh, some people graduate high school or want to own a house or a car or get married or some other things like that. It's some things, it, it drives us in certain ways, but it also drives us to waste a lot of time and a lot of money, a lot of resources. It drives us to try to keep up with people. And what we end up doing is we're so afraid of missing out that we end up kind of running this caucus race of busyness. And I don't mean the caucus race like what happened last Tuesday, where that kind of a caucus. I mean like in Alice in Wonderland, like this. Just the endless, pointless running around. Nobody's really winning. Nobody's really losing. There's no point, but everybody's really, really busy. How many, how many know what I'm talking about? Is this, this is life sometimes, isn't it? But that fear of missing out is what actually ends up making us miss out. But the reason it's so scary is because it ties into those five primal fears we talked about last week. We're all afraid of death. We're all afraid of any kind of suffering and loss of control, any kind of isolation or humiliation. And so we're, we're afraid. We, we, the death, the fear of death makes it go, hey, I only have one shot at this life. I, I, I got to get everything on my bucket list. I've got to make sure that I, I get it all done. Um, we don't want to suffer, all those things, but it all ties in. But here's a deeper truth that sometimes we don't think about. The reasons we're afraid of things is because of how God made us. When he made us in his image, there are certain things in us that we, all humanity around the world just can't get away from. It gets twisted. It gets broken. It gets destroyed beyond belief sometimes. But underneath all that brokenness and sin is still that image of God. And he created us to crave some certain things. He wanted us to, to crave the things he loves. For example, life. That's why we fear death so much. We crave health, not just physical health, but emotional health, spiritual health. To look at things from a healthy perspective. We, we crave responsibility. We, we crave to do something that's important, that matters. We, we, we want that. We want to know that we belong to something, that somehow or another that our lives are significant. And underneath all of that is what, that is underneath all the reasons that we get scared of all those other things. We learn in Genesis chapters 1 and 2 that God designed us and created us and partnered with humanity and in that original state, we had eternal life. We had perfect health. We had lots and lots of responsibility, and we were made for it. We truly belonged to God. We truly belonged to each other. And we played very significant roles 24-7. But then in Genesis 3, Satan himself introduces FOMO, the fear of missing out. How many have heard that term? It's actually, a real, it's actually a real thing now, and it's, it's actually a word in the Oxford Dictionary as of 2013. But he introduces it by first the question, did God really say? And then he just straight out throws out the lie. You won't die. He's talking about if they eat that fruit. You won't die. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it. And you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. When Jesus spoke of the devil, not in the speaking of the devil sense, but actually speaking of the devil. He said, he was a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated the truth. And because there is no truth in him, when he lies, it is consistent with his character. He's a liar and the father of lies. 
Uh, there's a lot of great translations uh, people have done that. Most of them have something to do like this one where it's consistent with his character. It's just who he is. He's doing his thing. Uh, some sense of that idea. I like the NIV. That's the one I grew up with mostly. And uh, it says when he lies, he speaks his native language. But the, the, the obvious clear thing that Jesus is saying here is that's who he is. If you hear the devil talking... He's lying. It's going to steal. It's going to kill. It's going to destroy. He's going to tell you you're missing out. But the thing that he's offering you is the thing that's going to make you miss out. Fear of missing out is, like I said, it's now it's a social anxiety that's acknowledged in modern American culture. It's this thing that we all kind of know about, especially with social media, but also the crazy advertising that's out there. How many are getting tired of uh, medicine getting advertised? Is that getting old? And, and, and all of those commercials, they use this fear of missing out as a way. Now, somebody's going to listen to this online. I didn't want to get sued, so I made up a fake product. But this is based on several really real ones. I think this will sound really familiar to you. Notice that there's a couple of really good-looking people in a kayak in a beautiful part of the ocean. And, and, and don't we feel like we're missing out just seeing that picture? I mean, I want to be them, don't you? Is acne holding you back? Clear skin is all may help. See, that's your solution. That's, the, that's how you could get there. <laughs> In medical tests, clear skin is all is proven to cause swelling, fever, cramps, unusual bruising, vertigo, extreme itching, rashes, hives, disorders of the blood in both the nervous and immunity systems, cancer, weight gain, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, constipation, dehydration, depression, suicidal thoughts, and death. Ask your doctor today if clear skin is all is right for you. Fear of missing out. I don't know about you, but I don't ask my doctor anything that I see on a commercial. Trillian Newbell says, when you feel like you don't measure up, you should ask yourself two questions. What are you using as your measure? And why are you measuring yourselves against those things? What is that measurement that you're using and why are you using that measurement? I think that's incredibly good advice. Ironically, some of the things that we use to make sure that we're not missing out, to make sure we're staying in touch, to make sure that we're, we're constantly on track with all the latest everything are the things that actually make us miss out. I think it's so funny to be at concerts nowadays and people are watching. The person is right there. They're like right next to the stage and they're watching through their phone. And I, I'm, I'm guilty too. I like, I like getting the light out and waving it around. I like videotaping a couple of moments or taking a picture. But then I'm like, oh, back in the moment, I'm actually here. But how many times have you seen this happen? You, you, if you go to live music or a play and, and they're watching through the phone. They're not actually here. And that happens all the time. We're a long line of people like this. The other, the other day, Kim and I were at a, a restaurant, and there was a table just a couple tables away from us, and there was a couple there together, just the two of them, quiet little romantic moment. Both of them were just messing with their phones. And I thought, that is, that is so sad. Like, they, they, they're right there with each other. They have this moment they could be spending together, and who knows where they actually were. But that's all of us in one way or another these days. Our fear of missing out is actually what's making us miss out. Well, this has been around all, all throughout time. One of the really great books in the Bible that I, I love to come back to is Ecclesiastes. In Ecclesiastes 4.4 it says, Then I observed that most people are motivated to success because they envy their neighbors. 
But this too is meaningless, like chasing after the wind. I think what we really need to fear is God and also missing out on his perfect will. Whenever we think that that onion has got to be better than the apple or waiting until he gets us the apple that we really want, that he really wants to give us, whenever we choose that instead, we're settling for a, a kind of a dumb fear. Now, I'm owning this. I'm not accusing you guys of something I'm not owning as well. But it's, it's a ridiculous thing. We should fear something that's much better and much deeper, more relevant, more real. We should fear God. Would you say that out loud with me? Fear God and missing out on his perfect will. When we live that way, we find focus and joy. When we fear missing out on all the stuff God says no about, we end up just running that caucus race. Will Smith has a really cool video about fear online. And this is going to be the last skydiving picture I show you for a little bit. But it's a really great video. And I, you can find it really easily on, on YouTube. I encourage you to look that up. But he makes a statement in this video that I thought was really cool. I don't know his faith, but I love the statement. I agree with it. He says, God placed the best things in life on the other side of terror. God placed the best things in life on the other side of terror. And I do not believe that means everybody needs to go skydiving or just randomly do things that scares you. I don't think that's the point. But as I look back over my life, the hardest decisions, the ones that were scariest, the ones where if God didn't come through, I'd lose everything. Those were the ones that really shaped my life the most. Those were the ones that helped me grow the most, that grew my faith me as a person. And I don't think I'm alone in that. I see that in the stories I see in scripture. I see that in stories I've read about heroes of the faith throughout time ever since we had the scripture in the time of Jesus. I, I see that in people that I know and people I've helped walk through hard times. In those moments when we choose to work through that terror and to put all of our trust on God, that's where we find something that if we had not found that, we would truly be missing out. One of the most intimate and uh, emotional portraits of God in the whole Bible is the book of Hosea. If you've never read that, you really should. It's, it's a beautiful story. Most of the story is in the first three chapters. Most of the rest of it is God's messages through Hosea to his people. But Hosea was one of the prophets of Israel. And God asked him to marry a prostitute. That was not an endorsement of prostitution. It was not God's usual will for us to marry someone like that. But in this case, he wanted Hosea to feel, excuse me, he wanted Hosea to feel the way God was feeling about his people. He wanted him to know what it was like to love someone who came with a lot of baggage. He wanted him to know what it was like to have to forgive from day one. He wanted to know what that was like. And so Hosea was obedient. Uh, the woman that he married was named Gomer. That's kind of unfortunate. I always expect her lines to sound something like, golly, but she can't help it. That was her name. Hosea loved Gomer. He was good to her. They had children together. They had a good marriage. At least it seems like it from the short version in three chapters. Except, here's what we know for sure, she left him and voluntarily went back into her life of prostitution. Now Hosea, Hosea really starts knowing how God feels. Where God is faithful, but we are unfaithful. 
God invites us to know him well. And we feel like we're missing out on something. And we reject him and leave. And we don't know Gomer's whole backstory. We don't know all the stuff that went before. But I guarantee you this. She felt like she was missing out on something. She believed that these choices she she was making would provide for her needs better than staying with Hosea would. The third thing I know for sure is she really didn't know what she was really missing. She really didn't get what her heart and her soul were about. She didn't really get what those fears were about or what that original design was about. She just didn't get it. But when Hosea went and bought her back out of sexual slavery, paid for her, bought, paid for her and bought her back and welcomed her back as his life, he started to get an idea of how God feels about us and the kind of love that God actually wants us to extend to each other, the kind of terrifying, scary love that God actually has. Listen to the last couple words of that book, Hosea 14, 8 through 9. This is actually God crying out to his people. And he says, Oh, Israel, stay away from idols. I am the one who answers your prayers and cares for you. I am like a tree that is always green. All your fruit comes from me. Let those who are wise understand these things. Let those with discernment listen carefully. The paths of the Lord are true and right. And righteous people live by walking in them. But in those paths, sinners stumble and fall. Would you read Psalm 27, 1 with me aloud? It says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. So why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger. So why should I tremble? It's terrifying to put all your eggs in one basket, to bet everything on a person strapped to you with a parachute, to bet everything on a relationship, to bet everything on Jesus. It's terrifying. But on the other side of terror are those best things. And this is exactly how Jesus portrayed the kingdom of God over and over again. Two stories that he told in ju- next to each other in just three verses. I'm going to read them verbatim straight the way Jesus told them. It says, the kingdom of heaven, this is Jesus talking, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. In his excitement, he hid it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant on the lookout for choice pearls. When he discovered a pearl of great value, he sold everything he owned and bought it. This is the kind of love that God shows us. This is the kind of love that he asks that we love him with and love others with. Notice that it's not the kind of love that just erases all the consequences. It's not the kind of love that pretends anything. It's real. It's absolutely real. It feels, it experiences to the full. And yet there's so much more going on than just what's on the surface. In Jeremiah chapter 29, another one of God's prophets, Jeremiah, is speaking to the Israelites, God's people again, in another faithless moment. And in this case, God has sent them into exile. He'd warned them countless times, and then now it's happening. This is the message that Jeremiah is giving to them. 
This is what the Lord says. You will be in Babylon for 70 years. But then I will come and do for you all the things I have promised. And I will bring you home again. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. How many of you have seen that second verse in there? Have you seen that? Mugs and t-shirts and hats and how, how, how beautiful that is. How, how sweet that sounds and syrupy and wonderful and warm. But out of context, it kind of misses the real thing. God is saying, you will go into exile for 70 years. This is going to happen. But on the other side of that, I'm going to give you another chance. Because I'm not giving up. I still have plans for hope. I still have plans for a future. On the other side of this very real thing that we're still going through is something more. That's a powerful love. It's a realistic love. It's a, it's a real life love of a wonderful father. And if there's anything we should really be afraid of, I think it's being afraid of missing this about God. Of fear. We should have a fear of not fully knowing the ultimate Father. The next couple verses in that same passage says this. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. Proverbs 9.10 says, Fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment. Knowledge of the Holy One. Not just about Him, but actually knowing Him. Understanding His heart as it really is. Not learning facts about Him. Not having great theories about Him. Not reading books about Him. Not talking about Him a lot, but actually knowing Him. Sure, read all those books and do all those other things so that you can get to know Him better. But actually knowing Him. Him. That's what we should be afraid of missing out on. One of the most famous and powerful stories that Jesus told was the story of the prodigal son. And in this, the, the moral of the story, I believe, is really something to do with this fear of missing who the father is. I think you've heard the story before. The younger son, very selfishly and very arrogantly and sense, without any kind of sensitivity at all, he, he, he says he wants his inheritance right away and not going to wait around till his dad dies and he goes out and just wastes it all. Meanwhile, the other son is still at home. And the way Jesus told it, we don't really see him. He didn't come in until the end of the story. But we know what's happening because of what, how the story ends. While the, bro the one brother is wasting everything, the other brother is doing what he should be doing. He's making some good choices, some wise choices. He's actually doing his best. He stays on the family farm. He's still there with his father every single day. And yet when we see the end of the story, as Jesus told it, here's what we can be sure of. He did not know his father well. He was not getting to know his father. He did not know his father's heart any better than his little brother did. So the little brother who's far, far away, he finally gets it. He finally gets it. He takes enough bites of that onion that he realizes that he would be better off if he went home to be his father's servant than he would be on his own. 
He finally saw where being on his own had gotten him and how bad that was and that he was the one who was actually missing out. And he decides to go home and at least ask to be a servant. And you know what happens. It's up there on the screen the whole time. The father runs out to meet him, embraces him, throws him a party, gives him gifts, feeds him lavishly. Meanwhile, the older brother who's been being good all this time, who's been there the whole time, gets furious. There's a lot we can learn from this story about a lot of things like unforgiveness and pride and a bunch of other things. But here's what I want you not to miss today. He's furious at his father and he says, I've done all this for you and you've never so much as given me a lamb to eat. And you, you're killing the fat of calf for him. You've never given me a robe. You've never given me a ring. Where's my party? Where's all the stuff that I deserve? And his father says... Everything I own is yours. In their culture, the oldest son got twice as much as everybody else got. Literally, when he gave away the younger son's inheritance, everything else left was his already and had been the whole time. He didn't get it. He wasn't experiencing it. They were his lambs. They were his cows. He could do anything he wanted anytime he wanted. And his dad was there all day long every day, and he had not gotten to know him. He didn't understand his heart. He didn't get it. At all. And I believe in one way or another, we're all both of those kids. We're both of those brothers all the time. There are ways that we run away from God because we're afraid of missing out. And there are ways that we stay around and still feel like we're missing out. And God's not being as lavish on us as we think he should be. But all of us in one way or another, if that's the way we're feeling, what we're really doing is we are missing out on actually knowing our father. And that's the scariest thing. I know. Because in Christ, we are accepted. In Christ, we are secure. In Christ, we are significant. In Christ, we can have all the things that we crave, all the things we were designed to crave, all the things that all of our fears, all of our sinful desires, everything else is trying to give ourselves. We can, all of that can be found in Christ. And that's the only place it can really truly be found but we're so afraid of missing out that we look everywhere else first every single one of these Sundays in this series we're going to be handing you something in your faith today's no exception I'd like you to look there should be a, a bookmark in there that looks like this one side says who I am in Christ the other one says my identity. Both of these come from Freedom in Christ Ministries. They were created by Neil Anderson. They're a really great, very simple, but very profound and powerful Bible study that walks us through some powerful truths about if you are a Christian, if you are a baptized believer in Jesus Christ, if your life is defined by you following him and obeying him and sharing that faith with others, then every single one of these things is true. This morning, these last couple minutes together before we sing and we start wrapping up, here's what I'd love for you to do. I'd like for you to say these things. They're, I'm going to put these on the screen for you so it'll be really easy to say. But we're going to say these truths together. And I want you to know that if you are a believer, all of these things are true about you. And if you're missing out on some of this, there's no reason for you to. Lean into it. Walk through this Bible study. Own it. Really, really start digging deep in it. These are true about you. You can experience these. Maybe you haven't strayed far, far away, but you can get your to know your father better than you're getting to know him if these, if these don't feel true about you yet. 
And if you've gone far, far away or you've never come to Christ in the first place, as you read these today, they're, probably, they're, they're not true about you. I'll be honest. They're not true about you if you're not a Christ follower. But he is still that father who will run to you and meet you with open arms if you respond to him today. Let's say these out loud together. And if you are a believer, say it loud and proud. This is real. This is true. In Christ, we are accepted. We are God's adopted children. We are justified, redeemed, and forgiven. We are bought with a price and belong to him. We are members of his body. We are no longer sinners, but saints. We are Christ's friends. In Christ, we are secure. We are complete in Christ. His spirit lives in us. We know that in all things, God is working for our good and that he will complete the good work he began in us. We cannot be separated from his love and we have grace and mercy whenever we need it. We have a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind, not a spirit of fear. In Christ, we are significant. We are the salt and light of the earth. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are Christ's ambassadors. We are his masterpieces. He has designed and empowered us to do great things. We are disciples who make disciples. Don't miss out this morning. Whatever it is that you feel like giving everything to Jesus would make you miss out on, I promise you it's worth it. And I promise you it's not worth it to hold back whatever you're withholding from him. Whether that's your life, whether it's just one or two things in your life you've never surrendered, a decision you've just never been willing to make yet, whatever it is, whatever you need to do, don't miss out this morning. Make that choice. That handout I gave you in the bulletin, please take that. If nothing else, just, just walk through that at least one more time with God. Let him speak that truth into your life. Don't miss out on that. But that should, I, the, my prayer, my hope for this is that I'll give you the confidence to remember that the people who don't know God are the ones that are missing out. Maybe that's not the thing you need to hand to them. Maybe that's not a script for you to use to talk to them. I don't think scripts really work. Just real love does. But that should give you some confidence in going, no, I really want the people I love to know and experience this stuff. And I want to dig deeper in it myself. I hope that's what you do. We love you. Please do that. That concludes the Sunday Sermons podcast. You can respond to the invitation you just heard where you are right now. Don't waste this opportunity to change your life for the better. If you've made a decision or are interested in learning more, please visit us at morrisonhill.com.